0: Welcome in, this is your host, Mark Cassio, and you are sitting courtside, where I share practical ideas, strategies, lessons, and experiences that I've learned as my time as a high school coach, college coach, and now as a consultant for coaches all over the world. My goal is to make this podcast impossible to listen to and not become a better coach, teacher, and leader. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and comment. Hey everybody, welcome in. You're sitting courtside and I'm glad you're here with us today. We're going to be talking about press break and attacking pressure. So common question I get a lot this time of year is uh, what's your press break versus a diamond or a 2-2-1 or man press or, or how do you beat these type of presses? And It always gets me thinking of the coaching versus teaching adage. So we've all heard that basketball is the most overcoached and undertaught game there is and completely agree with that. And I think this press break versus attacking pressure is a great way to illustrate that. So to me, I think coaching is installing a press break. And there's nothing wrong with that. You obviously should. But are you teaching principles that beat pressure? And I think more time should be spent on teaching the principles versus teaching the press break. In fact, your press break should be so simple that once you install, it's all about the principles to beat pressure. And I'm gonna go in detail on what that means and how we do it. So the first thing is coaching, getting your players in the right spot. That is installing your press break. Okay. Anytime you have a press break, if your press break has somebody up the side, deep over the top, in the middle of the floor and behind the ball, you're doing it right. If your press break doesn't uh, have those four passes available to the ball, then let's rethink your press break. Uh, We have one that we call jacks uh, and it, it beats any press that there is, any zone press that there is. So Uh, That would be coaching to me, okay? Uh, What I think the difference between coaching and teaching is is I will make the analogy of a teacher in a classroom, okay? So by teaching or or installing the press break, it's like a teacher giving standardized test uh, instructions. So you're going to take the ACT or the SAT and... Some coaching methods might be uh, if you don't know the answer, uh, make sure you fill something in, right? So maybe that's B or maybe that's C, but be consistent there so you know we don't guess wrong on every single one, right? We're bound to get a couple right if we put C for every single one that we don't know if we don't have time, right? Um, if it's the reading comprehension, we've all probably been taught read the questions before and then go back and read the passage so you know what you're looking for to me that's coaching we're not actually teaching read and comprehension uh, we're not teaching how to solve a math problem we're, we're coaching them on how to maybe squeeze a few extra points out of the test teaching would be actually teaching the material in your everyday class of how to solve the problem right so coaching is the press break teaching would be the principles that beat pressure uh, this would be things like where should we inbound the ball? We didn't. We never wanted to inbound the ball below the block, not too close to the sideline, baseline. In fact, we wanted to teach uh, to inbound to the big side of the floor. So if we're, let's say, we're facing a diamond press and we have somebody pointer on the ball, when that ball gets inbounded to the big box, uh, then we have a you know more more time, more space, uh, but before that trap can get there. When we do get a catch, what do we do with it? Do we turn and haul ass up the sideline? I hope not, because most presses are there uh, or, or most teams press to speed you up. So um, we want to not only do we not want to just catch and haul ass, we want to catch and face and we want to look side, middle, over the top. If those three options are not open, then your safety will be. Teaching point on the safety we want to be ball side of the midline and behind the ball. Your safety might have a tendency to to play in space uh, on the other side of the floor, but that's a very tough pass, especially if we're getting trapped. So we wanna beat pressure with the dribble and the pass. There should be a good mix of those two elements. How do we beat a trap? Uh, Teaching them to move the trap. Uh, We've all probably taught to put your feet together Uh, when you're trapping to make the trap stronger and you can't get split. So how do we get their feet to come apart? How do we weaken the trap? And that is to move the trap side to side. How do we do that? That'd be with our pivot feet, right? So uh, if we establish a pivot foot and I move it, move it, move it, I'm gonna weaken the trap looking for an opportunity to pass around it or to split it. If I split the trap, teaching point would be lead with hips and and rip through that trap. I don't want to lead with the ball uh, to split the trap. Uh, Another teaching point might be fake a pass to make a pass, right? Uh, Fake high, pass low, fake low, pass high. Uh, We want to shoot those passes by their ears or their hips. Um, Other teaching points, if you put it on the floor against the trap, just try to beat one player. Okay, so you got a player to your right, player to your left. I'm going to beat the player to my right or left. How do I know where to go? I want to attack space. Okay, so I would attack the middle of the floor with that bounce. Um, Other players off the ball, you're going to teach them how to give support to the ball and how to create space for the ball. Um, If we create space, how do we attack space? We have uh, two ways I'll share with you today. How do we attack space? That would be a two-out pass. So if we ever get trapped... Defense is gonna be loaded on one side of the ball. So as we reverse that ball through our safety, we don't. We want our safety to go immediately two out because that's where the space is. Anytime we constrict space, so we've constricted space on one side of the floor, we're opening space on the other side of the floor. So how quickly can we get to that space uh, to create an advantage? If we get that pass, another principle to attack space would be getting off the sideline or what we call off the rail. Um, That is so we don't lose the second battle, okay? So a lot of times when I am observing a team or scouting a team, they can handle the initial uh, trap or the initial, initial wave or surge of the defense. But that second wave is where I see a lot of teams get beat, where they beat that first trap and then they will dribble the ball past half court or to the corner near half court and get trapped, right? Um, So getting off the rail and attacking middle is gonna allow you to beat that second wave of pressure. Um, But speaking of dribbling, we don't wanna dribble too much, okay? So that reminds me of another principle that we would teach. That would be, uh, if you dribble more than 3 4 times you have probably gotten sped up. So in the full court, and let let's say this is versus man to man, doesn't have to be versus zone, but if we are uh, if you're guarding me in the full court, I'm not so much playing a game of race as I am tag. If I try to race and that's what especially you see at the youth levels, right? And that's why pressing at the youth levels is so effective because when players get pressured, their answer is to haul ass and beat you in a race and they're playing a one-on-one game but the game is five on five so they're not thinking about the consequences of putting their head down speed dribbling up the sideline then we're getting trail trapped and and we've lost that second wave so um we want to create separation by playing game of tag anytime you're handling the ball we want to change our speed and our direction to be deceptive quick game you could play um Would be playing the full court and we're live to half court playing one game of separation. So one-on-one separation game. How many times can offense create separation from the defense? Then let's say we do that and I create separation four times. Once we cross half court, maybe we throw it to coach, get it back, or we check it up. Now I've got four dribbles. Since I created separation four times, I now have four dribbles that I can use to score. So... Um, might use that game to reinforce the concept of tag instead of race so uh, some other things as we get to half court with that dribble we've created separation we're deceptive with the with the uh, with our speed and direction and what i mean by that is we want to go from 0 uh, percent speed to 75 percent to 25% to 90% probably never want to be going 100% You might be out of control then but we want to vary our speed it shouldn't be you know half speed up the floor or all speed up the floor all gas no brakes as the kids say uh, we want to be very unpredictable but as we get to half court I think uh, teams players coaches need to have more respect for the half court line right because that's going to create a constraint of space once you cross that so we would tell our players if you're approaching the half court line with speed, slam on the brakes. We called it a kill dribble. Defense flies by, you create separation, and now we can go over, and that would get us in the early rows. So we're getting, uh, so we're flowing into our offense against pressure. Uh, if you can't slam on the brakes before, or if you go through the, the half court line with a dribble, we want to blow through that half court line, get to the action spot near the four point line, and then slam on the brakes. What we do not want to do is dribble right past half court and then pick it up. Right? Uh, how many times have we told a, especially the youth player that? But uh, telling them to do that will will yield nothing. Right? You've got to create uh, a game in order to um, for that skill to emerge. Uh, and while we're on that, is tell them what to do versus telling them what not to do right we always want to focus on telling them what to do so if i told you as the listener now or if you're watching on youtube uh do not picture a red bicycle we've all got the red bicycle in our heads do not picture a pepperoni pizza I'm I'm picturing a nice pepperoni pizza right now. So do not dribble to the corner. The last thing the players hear out of your mouth is dribble to the corner, right? And that's what they're visualizing and what you visualize usually comes true. So if we were going to cross half court with the dribble, we told them below through the line, slam on the brakes, or what's even better is cross half court with a foot in the circle. And if they cross half court with a foot in the circle They will uh, always avoid those hot spots, those corners where you're typically getting those trail traps or those secondary traps in. Um, I hope this gave you some ideas to stimulate your thinking and how you coach or how you teach uh, press break or, or press attack. We always call it ours, press attack. We want our players to have the mentality that we are creating space and attacking pressure so we can arrive with advantage and take advantage of advantage. So we wanted to create that wave um, where it almost feels like transition when we arrive. And honestly, there were certain teams that maybe they were just really gritty and scrappy in the half court, or maybe they were better than us, um, or maybe we just wanted the game to be really free flowing where we would actually, and kinda like the practice leading up, we would say, man, I hope they press us because that's gonna give us a chance to make this game more up and down where we're comfortable easy to bring two to the ball against pressure getting dominoes so hopefully this helps um if you take anything away from this just think about how you can alter your mindset from being a coach to being a teacher at basketball practice all right that's it see you next time